to the other side of Blackpool podcast. And if you live here in Blackpool, this show's for you. From high up in our attic room studio on Church Street, we share the true stories of what life is really like in Blackpool. Stories that are often overlooked, hidden, or under-celebrated. Hello, I'm Gillian Oliver, and here we are today, live on location at the Salvation Army on Church Street in central Blackpool. Today, we've been learning about the council and friends working together to solve this cost of living crisis, or as some people call it, an absolute full-blown social emergency, which is just arriving at England's poorest town. Here with me in the studio, I've got my old friends, not so old actually, but our Emma. Hello, Emma. Hi. <laughs> and Leon as well. Hello. And you were in the whole thing throughout. In fact, Emma, you and I did a little twosome. We did our we did our 10 minutes there on what the Poverty Truth Network's all about. Did you enjoy doing that with me? I really did. And it's great to let people know that we're available to talk to the people on the ground. That's you know. it. We were selling ourselves as a kind of live panel of residents who could respond at a moment's notice. Useful if you need to produce policy at a very short notice and you need to know how to couch it, how to sell it, how to say it. Um, and we say we can be those people. Did you like that offer, Leon? Absolutely. Well, we are those people. And um, being a holistic therapist since, say, 2001, I meet lots of people. And the, and the people here, they do such a good, you know, job and put so much effort in. However, they do carry a lot of other people's issues as well as their own. There were about 100 people in the room, do we think? Yeah, Yeah. easily. All round little tables in what was effectively the Salvation Army's kind of church. It's it's Um, beautiful, isn't it, here? Very unusual place to to meet. Um, Did you feel that um, the conversations were as you expected them to be? How did it match up to expectations, Emma? I think the conversations that we had as, uh, as a whole, as the room... Um, it was a good opportunity for everyone to talk like that. But being on the tables as well, where we were set out, it wasn't. We weren't sat with our with our own department. We were spread across all different services within the town, and it was a really good opportunity to, to sit and talk to people and share that knowledge. Uh, even you know when the presentations going on as well, obviously engaging with that. But in the free time that we had, getting the opportunity to talk to each other, I've exchanged so many email addresses and names today I think it's it's fantastic because everyone's got the everyone's got the priorities right that they want to be able to help people it's how it's going to be the most effective and I think today's really helped with that so yeah let's get those wheels in motion that's great so we did manage to catch up with a few of those people who are in the meeting some people who made real contributions and had some unusual out-of-the-box ideas that Blackpool should consider so let's listen to what they had to say John Clifton, Captain Salvation Army Blackpool. There was a lot of stuff today in the meeting about money and food and libraries and so on. And you were the only one that talked about how the community is feeling, what we can do about that. Say what you said. Uh, So, I mean, I'm partly reflecting my own feelings um, as well. And I think in the community, in the wider community, and it mirrors what was happening during the pandemic as well, um, is that there's this feeling of fear. There's, and, and I think there's also a feeling of anger, particularly at the moment. The anger bit is, I think, is slightly different from the pandemic. The ang- anger introduces a different dynamic. Um, but I think where there's fear and where there's anger, they're powerful motivators. 
um, which in a sense gives me hope. So we can use our fear and anger for some better purpose. And what was your dream, something that might come out of that that might look better for Blackpool in the end? I think when uh, when people are when there's fear, when there's when there is that anger, if I've got that, if I've read the mood correctly, um, uh, you know, the powerful motivating forces for people to take action. Um, and I think you know that fear and anger can drive us out of an apathy that that we might be experiencing. And um, I, I can see, I, I would hope that in the same way as during the pandemic, that you know, that fear was pushing people to look after their neighbour, to reach out, to make a phone call, to to perhaps be a bit more pro- proactive about than they were before. Um, that, that hopefully that might be the case again, that people offer themselves to get involved with with different things. So so that would be my hope that it would move move people towards, you know, that massive army of volunteers that rallied during the pandemic, you know, but we had to say to a lot of people, but, you know, there's so much you can't do because you can't be near each other. Uh, whereas, you know, with the cost of living crisis, with uh, the issues that we're facing at the moment, we can be near each other. That, and that's precisely the thing that we need to, we need to be doing is, is to be closer to each other. Um, I think if there's anything that we've seen is that poverty drives people apart. It isolate, isolates people. Um, and uh, we need to repel against that. We need to push back, push back hard. Okay. And so did you feel that there was some sense today that individual organisations that have perhaps been on either sides of a room might be thinking we could work together for Blackpool and that might be good for the future in any case? Were you hopeful that that might be an outcome? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think with the issues that we're facing, so much of it could feel very, very far removed from us. We, you know, feel a real sense of powerlessness kind of around the big corporations, the profit, you know, and and decisions that need to be made at like national level um, that it feels hard for us to be in, to influence. Um, so sometimes, you know, the small things that we're capable of, um, I think, you know, they may not they, like, although the primary purpose will be, you know, let's, let's have to spend a bit less, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's save a bit of money on our heating or let's share food together so that we're reducing bills and that, that, that might be the primary purpose, but actually the, the thing that's going to last for the longer term is the relationships that, that we build and that will be there, you know, God willing after this, you know, after things have kind of leveled out. Siobhan, on your table, one of the things you were talking about was getting the word out to the whole of Blackpool about the things that are about to come thick and fast now through conversations like this that we've experienced today. Can you tell me a bit more, you know, did everybody agree with that around your table and is digital part of the solution here? Very much so. Um, that was the clear message that came from all the participants on my table, that the communication needed to be better. They needed to look at different portals and digital obviously being one of them. Um, they were looking at a town-wide campaign so that that would raise awareness, which again, that was noted by the council themselves as a possibility to just raise awareness. So it could be in the forms of different things initially, but then obviously the digital side of things is an important thing that people can tap into. Interesting. Now we as a Poverty Truth team brought information about how people are already making adjustments to high bills. 
So they're already hanging out in Weatherspoons. They're already going to um, council swimming pools in order to get an 80 pence shower. Mm-hmm. And your, your group seemed to really take to that, that, you know, instead of setting up church halls, that perhaps we should just go with the flow and go where people are already naturally meeting and naturally getting, you know, spending time during the day, cafes, restaurants. Tell me about that conversation. Absolutely. I think the main thing behind all of that was the stigma or lack of the stigmas. If we could use places that people are already currently using, it doesn't seem less, it's, it's less embarrassing for them to actually be able to tap into those things. So they were looking at things like cafes and local pubs and places like that where people are already congregating and probably will congregate further. I think the concern that they had, which came up in one of your slides, was the fact that um, how will the publican, how will the cafe person um, be able to cope with that kind of thing and um, the demands that something like that will have on their facilities? Yeah, but surely if it's a kind of state-run remedial um, campaign as a result of the social emergency we're all in that there'll be some state facilities to support cafes and restaurants if they're open absolutely like and that, that that was a key key thing that we discussed as well that there needs to be some sort of um, compensation to these organizations to be able to, for us to use that and then if you can build up a timetable of where people know where they're going to meet again that will hopefully build on the numbers of people actually participating and it starts to become an okay place for people to meet up Mm-hmm. Now, I, um, I don't wish to be rude, but some people who sit in rooms like that with so many corporate people, or about 100 people in there this morning, might think we were in Never Neverland. Did you ever get a sense that any of these things that were talked about this morning were likely to come into land? All of them. I think everything that was discussed, everybody sat around my table, and it was a mixed table of different organisations, including the local authority, all agreed that they were scared about the potential issues that we're going to be facing from October onwards. It's a major concern for not just people on low incomes, but possibly middle incomes as well that are now suffering and starting to see the effects of the crisis that was looming. Karen, um, you you spoke in the room today about taxes and you come from the point of view of catching buses. Tell me what you said and why you're so keen on this idea. So our understanding is that many families are using taxis as the main form of transportation to get their children to school and many children are actually going in the taxi on their own. So um, our a friend who's a taxi driver ex- has explained that these are short journeys, four or five pounds, but because they're short journeys, they're walkable journeys or bussable journeys and those four to five pounds add up over a long period of time and could actually cover a weekly shop or other essentials. So we've got a big part to play in working, we already work closely with schools, but working in a different way with schools so that we can make sure that families know about bus timetables, know about safe walking routes, work with active travel at Blackpool Council and let's see if we can get some converts. with Councillor Neil Brooks and EAL, am I right? You are indeed. Brooks with an E? Indeed. Thank goodness we could spell your name right. Okay, (laughs) things will go downhill from here. Um, Neil, on your table, you were talking about the idea of a kind of mobile laundrette that might be able to reach towns where there's no washing facilities currently. Tell me a bit about that idea, where it came from and what you think of it. 
Oh, I think it's a great idea. Uh, and it's, I think it's been born out of the fact that the residence group at Mia Side have recently got a community laundrette running uh, for cheaper, cheaper washing facilities, obviously. The lad that raised us on our table is on Grange Park, which is another big council estate, and they haven't got one on there. And I think, I think it, it's got wheels. <laughs> it's not got legs, it's got wheels. I mean, there are parts of our communities that can't get to a laundrette. It'd be a great idea if we could get it, get it up and running. How long do you think it would take to get something like that started? To be fair, I don't know the whys and wherefores about equipping a van with laundry machines or washing machines. Uh, but I know that Alice taking it away on, on the brainstorming sheets. So. That's the head of public health here in Blackpool, yeah. It is. So it's a, so we're waiting for news from Arif. Uh, what interested me about the idea, it has a, a certain romanticism from the days, did they call them the wash houses, where people used to get, get together in one place, and it didn't just have a practical outcome that you got your clothes washed and dried, but you also spent the day with other people in a warm place, had tea, had a cup of tea. It was a... Com- a community, it bound the community together. Uh, and, and that would be the, the same script with a mobile laundrette, just as it will be with a community laundrette at Side. People will get together. You've got an hour and a half till your washing finishes. You're going to talk about community issues. You're going to share problems. You're going to solve problems. It has to be a winner if we can get it up and running. How... How interesting. Um, was there anything else that caught your, your mind today in terms of the atmosphere, the spirit of the debate, or your hopefulness? I was inspired, uh, basically. I think I said that at the end, because there's, there's a real feel-good factor in Blackpool, and we look after our own in Blackpool. And we know there's no crock of gold coming from national level. We know local authority can't afford to do everything, so it's about what solutions we can put together as a community. And importantly, we don't need to duplicate because it's pointless five different organisations doing the same thing when we can have one organisation doing it and divert our efforts elsewhere because every, every, every hour of volunteer time is going to be vital for the next few months and probably years. So if anyone's listening and knows how to pre- produce at short notice a, a laundrette on wheels, then Councillor Neil Brooks is the person they need to be speaking to. As long as you don't want me to drive it. Arif, this is your event. You called it. Tell us why you called it. Tell us how you're feeling now. Uh, listen, this is this isn't my event. This is this is Blackpool's event. This is a community event. What was brilliant for me was the number of people that turned up, the number of passionate people that turned up that really want to make a difference, and all the the different sectors that were represented today was was absolutely. Incredible, and and the energy within the room was was brilliant. I think people want to come together. They want to support the the, the most vulnerable in society. And for me, that was great to see today, and the commitment that was in the room that we need to work together. That's great. I mean, when you say pe- passionate people are in the room, I mean they do say that on annual reports. But there were people crying. Yes, there were people shouting. Absolutely, there were people speaking up about the condition of their home, um, and there was there was a lot of. Um, Fierce-heartedness. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, the lady nearly had me in tears at one point. Uh, I think it was, uh, again, people see 
the issues firsthand. They're dealing with these vulnerable individuals, these vulnerable families, and they want to make a difference. They want to do something positive for them. And so that's why they're, they're, they're feeling passionate. And it's, it, it, that, that came out. The emotions came out with many people. Um, but I think it just shows that people care. Uh, and for me, uh, the amount of, um, you know, support, love, kindness things that are close to my heart that was in that room was just fabulous to see. Now, one of the things we're doing in this episode is just scooting around and and, um, capturing some of the zany, wacky, crazy ideas that came up because people Mm. did not have any limits on their thinking. Yeah. Now, some of the things we've talked about already with people, um, mobile wash houses, um, uh, uh, just random door knocking, going and finding out how people are, getting people working, getting people batch cooking, getting a food truck around. Um, How did you... Oh, and actually, we've had the bus company in there saying, don't use taxis. Yeah. Catch the bus. Yeah. What did you feel about some of the... Um, some of those ideas. Do you think there's an element that we just never get to do in some of those things? Absolutely not. I think they were great ideas. I think they were all great ideas. I think they're innovative ideas coming from the ground up. And this is the great thing about having community and community organisations in the room is because you really hear what people want and what people are thinking could be could be something that would be really great for their community. So I think none of those ideas are off the table. I think we look at all of those ideas and see what's best for the community. So that that was the purpose of today is to get all those ideas on the table, and I love some of those ideas. I think they're fantastic. Okay, yeah. um, you did say at the end that the people that weren't in the room, yeah, were the private sector. Yes, yes. Um, now, what do you have in mind for them? So uh, we have groups as a council. We meet with the private sector on a regular basis. We have this thing called Blackpool Breakfast Leaders Group, um, which is where quite a lot of the private sector groups meet over breakfast once a month, and we convene that as a council. So I'll be using some of my council colleagues to actually get on the agenda for that particular meeting so that we can start to have this discussion with them about their contribution to the cost of living crisis. Okay, so you, you had the ideas in the, in the room yeah. today and maybe the money in the room tomorrow? Well, potentially. Um, I think, uh, I, look, I think this is a collaborative effort, isn't it? So I'm looking for um, support from the private sector. Obviously, there's the resources of the voluntary sector in the room today. We've also got some resources, not a huge amount in the council, and I'm also looking for government support with all of this too so you heard about the household support fund and how we need we need clarity on that from the government so we're waiting for what that means for us i'd, I'd hope it was more than the 1.7 million so that we can support some of the residents so i think it, you need to look at it in the round with all of those things okay great one little tiny question yeah. we're used to seeing you on covid like we understand yes. when it's things you know yeah. with spots on your head yeah. or you know you yeah. can't go next to your nearest neighbor yeah. then there's a health problem yeah what is it about poverty that means it's a public health uh, issue. This, this is a health problem in my. This is this directly impacts health and well-being. Um, having people living in poverty, having people who can't heat their home, can't have a nutritious meal, all of those things have an impact on health, uh, and those things have an impact on health um, quite quickly. So in the short term, but then. You, you know, there's also the impact on lots more people being in poverty and what that does to their physical and mental health. We know that poverty has a strong relationship with ill health. So this this is about this is about health and well-being. I think for me, this is my core business. If I can't support this cost of living crisis, it's going to have a direct impact on the health of uh, the people of Blackpool. 
And it feels like with the things that we thought of today, if they could be implemented, we might be making a better Blackpool for the long run. For sure. Uh, and what this does is it galvanises us together, doesn't it? Because we're, we're better together. We're greater together, you know, uh, and if we can work together and use this as a forum of how we can work together, support each other, that that point I made about, I don't think it really matters where people hit which service, they should get the right support. We should be able to provide the right support regardless of where they hit the system. That's my ambition. Um, it's an easy thing to say, but that's what we really need to do. So those were some of the ideas that came up during today's meeting. I don't know if either of you felt that we were in the realm of um, the conceptual, you know, that it was never, never land in there, that it was a a lot of well-meaning people who were coming up with some ideas that looked good on paper, but they'll never see the light of day. What did you think, Leon? Um, Yes, but I think everyone there is doing their level best in in their way. I I really do. The heart's in the right place, but um, there's this, that and the other to get through to get get there. Um, As far as I'm concerned on that topic, um, I learned that there's lots and lots of dwellings in Blackpool that could be used, just like the Salvation Army is here. I noticed that. I had lots of feedback from people suggesting that these people who live in Blackpool, they hardly ever, ever go for walks on the beach. To, re- to release whatever mm. anxiety that they picked up because of the cost of living or any any anything similar. Um, I got a lot of feedback from that, so um, I think it's been really great today and everyone's doing the level best. That's what yeah. I got out of it. That's great, Leon. And we have established over the podcast that the beach is a gift to us, you know? Absolutely. The sun rises, it sets every You've day got, and it's still a beautiful place of peace, That's as it? good as it gets. The sun sets and sunrises here at Blackpool, you know, and to go on the beach when the tide's out and, you know, you've got the right clothes on and stuff it is so energizing it's no why, matter what we're going through yeah and it's why blackpool's become as famous as it has and it's still Always. a national treasure emma did you have any favorite ideas i've made a list here free broadband don't catch taxes get people working get a food truck around you know like an ice cream truck yeah <laughs> so tell me did you have any of those or a favorite i said just making it more attractive as we said like the the stats show there that 8,000 people are already struggling and using services. 16,000 people are going to find themselves on the brink of, um, you know, of, of struggling and needing those services. And then an, an additional 19,000 people are worried about the cost of living crisis and what is to come. And it's all education, uh, educating people as to what they can do at home and getting the word out there. But I think this sense of trying to bring the communities back together again and everyone always talks about the good old days but I think with what is coming we're going to have to get back to that know who your neighbour is knock on the door um and yeah we'll just let's see if we can make something nice out of what is going to be a really tough time for us all that's a great idea to finish on Emma because I think the two things that I came away with was one um, Bev from the food bank Blackpool Food Bank saying we tip as much food as we've as we need mm-hmm. to feed through the food bank. So that 8,000 figure, which is a monthly figure, isn't it? 8,000 yep. families a month yep. need the food bank. And we're tipping that amount, putting it into landfill um, in, in Blackpool as well, which I, was a stunning piece of information. The other idea came from Andy Dival, who's, who's a, a council officer who's on our steering group on this project, as you know. And he did talk about... Um, 
the idea that out of this might come a rebuilding of neighbourhoods that Blackpool's always needed. And it might yeah. be through this. We said it a bit during COVID as well, mm. didn't we? Yep. But through this, a better Blackpool might be born. I hope so. I hope so. I don't need to hope. It will be. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will too. Be. What else is there? Thank you so much for your company as ever. And thanks everyone at home for listening. Thank you. You've been listening to the Other Side of Blackpool podcast for people who live here all year round. We're a dream of the Poverty Truth Network in Blackpool and the Fylde Coast. Find out more at povertytruthnetwork.org. If you like us, follow us and leave us a review.